All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the service. I'm Mike Bailey, and it's good to have everyone here this morning. You know, as I was listening to that song during the offertory, it made me think about the fact that we're here today gathering to worship the one who has defeated the grave and given us all hope. And, you know, we live through our lives. We we have day-to-day things that we're responsible for, and it can become very mundane. It can become very uh, routine. But my prayer this morning as you come here and as we gather together is that we really reflect on the fact um, that this life is leading to a much uh, more amazing experience. It's leading us to an eternity that God has already prepared for us. And so we think that's so important. We think that message is so powerful that we want to be filled with that message every day. And we want to overflow with that message into our community because we believe that God established this church for a purpose. This morning, as you've come here, as, as we're gathered together, do you believe that God planted this church here on purpose, that he has a, a point for our existence? And so we think it's so vital and so important for us to consider that, that this whole series is called Hashtag for Short Pump, that God planted Gaten Baptist Church here in Short Pump to make a difference, to proclaim his name, to be overflowing with this good news of hope that we have in us. And so we've begun the series. Last week we looked at being filled. What we're filled with is what we're going to overflow with. And can you hear me better now? All right. Could you hear me before? Was I just up here like wah, 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 wah? (laughs) It's like Charlie Brown, right? Maybe that's how I am every week to you. I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, you look at it and you think for, you know, hashtag for short pump. And maybe you think, well, I got so many things in my own life. Can't be worried about short pump. Can't be worried about the people here. But I believe that God planted us here and he has put us here on purpose. And he's put you here on purpose because it's when we live into that that we find the life that he has for us. And so we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We looked at Jesus uh, being led from the Jordan where he was baptized. And people were there celebrating it. And he was filled with this excitement that he is uh, the chosen one. That he has been put on earth with a purpose and a mission. And then he is led by that same spirit out into the wilderness. And we talked about that filling of the spirit so that we can be an outpouring to the people around us and that we can point everyone to Christ. Well, this week, we're going to talk about influence. We're going to talk about influence. Uh, What influence do we have in our community? And what influences you uh, to make the decisions that you make? What is influencing you this morning, even to be here? What is influencing you in all the decisions you make in your life? I think it's vitally important to consider what our influences are. So, leading up to that, I was yesterday, and Giles, you might appreciate this or not appreciate this, I don't know. Uh, We went to the University of Richmond uh, Spiders basketball game, their senior game. Uh, For those who don't know, Giles, our youth pastor was a a safety on the football team at the University of Richmond. And so we were there uh, just being there to have a fun time, and there was a lot of kids stuff. And uh, we were driving over, and as we're headed over, my daughter says to me, Dad, I don't like the Richmond Spiders anymore. I'm like, what? Because we had gone there uh, for football games, and she was like the biggest fan, and she was cheering, and she was a huge Richmond Spiders fan. And uh, as we come in, uh, we get the program, and she she rolls it into a circle, and she says, Dad, when the Richmond Spiders score, I'm going to boo (laughs) them. I said, what? Where is this coming from? Why, are you, why have you changed? What's going on? And um, she said, well, my teacher went to VCU, and my teacher 
really does not like U of R, and she has uh, said to us on multiple occasions that we're not allowed to like U of R. And so this teacher is indoctrinating my daughter. (laughs) But this influence in her life, she went from being this big fan to now... She's like, she doesn't like them at all. And it's this, this interesting thing in life. And, and it made me think about what influences me? What influences us? How do we go from one perspective to another? Why do I focus so much on one thing in my life? And then the next day that doesn't matter. This matters over here. And we live in lives where there's so many influences. And there's so many distractions. And there's so many things that pull at our attention. And I believe if we're really going to be for short pump, if we're going to make a difference, if we're going to live out the purpose that God has given us, that he's planted us here for, we need to really think about what the most important influence in our life is. And so the question as we go is, who or what influences you the most this morning? Who or what influences you the most? And that's what I'd like to ask the Lord to tell us and to teach us uh, this morning. So let's precede it with prayer. Father, you are good. Your name is good. Your ways are good. Um, From your perspective, you see all things. And Lord, this morning we come to you as our father. We come to you as our, our, our point of guidance, the one we ask to influence us the most. And Lord, as we come to you this morning, we ask that you would um, that, that you would show us your will, that your will would be done here in this place, in our hearts, in our lives, as it is done every day and will always be done in heaven. Lord, we pray as we consider what it is to, to live by more than bread alone, that you would supply us with that life that you've promised us in your word, Lord, that you would speak into us afresh, you would speak into us something new. Lord, as we've come here to worship you, we've come here, Lord, to hear from you. Please speak to us, please talk to us, please communicate with us so that we can know you better. Lord, we pray if there's anything in my my heart, in our hearts, that um, that is conflicting this relationship that's between you and us. Help us, Lord, uh, forgive us of that. If we need to give forgiveness, if we need to receive forgiveness, whatever it is this morning, Lord, I pray that you would clear our hearts, that you would clear our thoughts so that we can be in tune with your spirit, that we can listen and know it. And Lord, I pray that as we travel through these words and as we speak and read and, and think about the, the words that you gave Matthew to record for us to read today. I pray, Lord, that they would impact us, that they would, uh, that they would show uh, things within our hearts and our minds that maybe we didn't see before. And, Lord, that you would, you would move us forward on the journeys that you've created us for. And, Lord, we pray that you would protect our hearts, protect our minds, protect us from wandering off into places that are destructive. Help us to keep focused on what you have for us this morning. Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you for this place. I thank you for this time. And Lord, as we consider the fact that one day uh, we will rise from this life to be with you eternally, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to truly understand that and grasp that as we read these words and reflect on, on what you give us this morning. Lord, I pray that you would speak clearly now and help us to listen and to do what you call us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 
This morning, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. And just quickly to, to recap, um, you have Jesus beginning his ministry for 30 years of his life. He had lived uh, as a, the, the son of, of Joseph and Mary and uh, had, not, had not revealed himself yet. He, he then comes to a place where um, he, he declares through Isaiah that he's the one that has been prophesied about this Messiah. He then goes to the Jordan River and he is baptized by John the Baptist and in in that baptism, um, a dove descends upon him, and and, the, and God reveals, "This is my son, who I'm well pleased." And and from that place, he begins to be led, full of the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness. And this morning, as we, we reflect on what, what Matthew records for us, we, um, we need to look back and say, you know, what is Jesus' mission? It's to bring salvation. And what does that mean? That means that we can be saved from being separated from God. We can be saved from our own sin. That separates us from our creator. And so Jesus' first and foremost relationship was that upward relationship to God. And through that, he was able to build relationships with others and then share it into the world. And so he's on this mission and he's willing to do whatever God calls him to do. And we talked last week about how entering the wilderness and fasting for 40 days, that at the end of it, we're told he became hungry, that he had gotten to the point where, where death was imminent because he was willing to be so committed to this mission, this mission. And this is where we connect this morning in Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. And the tempter came and said to him, and the tempter came and said to him. The question I have as I look at that and I consider that first statement is, why was he being pursued? Why is the tempter out there in the wilderness? Why is the tempter coming to Jesus? Why is he being pursued? Why does the tempter care about Jesus? Why does the tempter have any uh, idea to engage with Jesus at all? And as we look at scripture and we, and we see this picture of who this tempter is, we see that the tempter once was in communion with God. The tempter once was in a place where he was uh, in heaven with God at a place of authority, a place uh, of, of really righteousness and splendor. And yet in that position where he was, he had this, this lust for power, this desire to be where God was. And, and because of that, he was cast from heaven with a third of the angels. That here, this person who, this being, it's not a person, this angel, this being who has authority, who's in the place of, of all other creation would desire to be, that here he finds that he's cast from that position because of his pride, because of his his arrogance and his desire to overtake God. And now, his whole motive, and, and I want you to think about this because I was thinking about this. His whole motive is to get revenge. His whole motive, his whole purpose is to get revenge. And how will he get revenge? By making sure that you and I never have that upward relationship with God. Do you realize this morning that there's an unseen power that desires to keep you from this upward relationship with God. There's an unseen power that is working very diligently to make sure that we do not have this upward relationship. And that it'll, this, this, this unseen power pursues us. And I don't know if you've ever sensed that or thought about that or realized that in this moment as we read this scripture, that here Jesus is in the wilderness and the tempter is pursuing him. Why? 
Because if he can get Jesus to make any misstep, any deviation from his mission, any focus away from what the focus should be, he will separate all of us from God forever, that upward relationship that we've all been called to have and to to be in. And so here we see that at every moment of our lives, not only this enemy that's without, the enemy within, the sin, sinful nature from all of us, the sinful nature that we all carry, its purpose is to keep us from an upward relationship with God. And this morning, think about it. Time change. Whose idea was that? <laughs> Some of us are a little less awake than we usually are. Sleep. Hunger, anger, stress. These are all tools used to keep us from an upward relationship. Keep us off track. Get us off focus. And so here we see Jesus. He's been pursued by the enemy. And here's what he says to him. Very interesting. If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God. Question I have is who or what determines your identity this morning? Who or what determines your identity right now? As I think of my own identity, am I a pastor? Am I a father? Am I a husband? What, where does my identity lie? Who am I? And who determines that? And the very first thing out of all the things that, that the, the tempter, that Satan could have dealt with with Jesus, he deals with his identity. And he says, if you really are the son of God, And this morning, the challenge I have for all of us is what do we put at that first position of identity? What do I put as that first position of identity? And here's the challenge I have. Um, If I really want it to be for for short pump and I really want to reveal God's life within me, if I think of myself only as a father and I focus all of my attention on being a father, even though being a father is a wonderful thing, If all of my identity is built in being a father, then I will neglect all those other things that I was created to be. If my only only point of reference in my identity is my job, if my only point of reference of my identity is my job and I consider myself a pastor and my only thing, the only thing I focus in on, the only thing that gives me influence is the fact that I'm a pastor, then I will miss out on areas of my life that I've been created to be focused on. And this is why I believe what what the enemy does is he gets us all off track and we begin to be more concerned about this position, this name, this criteria, this thing that I've done, this thing that people identify me with, and we lose the focus that I am a follower of Christ, that I am in this relationship to God. And so here, Satan is, he's saying, if you really are the son of God, if that's really who you are, then do this. And this morning, the question for all of us in this morning, for us, what do you identify with? What is your soul, the most important part about who you are? Are you a father who follows Christ or are you a Christ follower who's a father? Because how you determine that is so significant and so important. Are you a mother who's a Christ follower, or are you a Christ follower who's a mother? Are you a teacher who's a Christ follower, or are you a Christ follower who's a teacher? 
How you identify yourself as the core of who you are will have impact on every decision you make and will have influence on who you are. And so here's what he says. If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Command that these stones become bread. What was the test here? Do you think if the tempter came to you today and said, hey, turn some rocks into bread, that that would affect you in any way? No, because you, if you can turn bread, rocks into bread, I want to hang out with you. And I want to know all the kinds of bread that you can make. Because we can make lots of money. <laughs> so I have a piece of, I have a roll here, Right? And he's saying he's been fasting for 40 days. He's within hours, maybe a very short amount of time from starving to death. And and here the tempter says, turn a, a rock into bread. Now, the only reason this temptation is even valid is because Satan knows he can do it. Right? The only thing that makes it valid is that he knows he has the ability to do it. Because if he couldn't do it, it would be a waste of a temptation, really. And so he says, command these stones to become bread. Here's what I would challenge you with this morning. Here's what I challenge myself with. In my greatest weakness, in my greatest weakness, I am most tempted to take my own path. In my greatest weakness is when I'm the most vulnerable to be influenced by evil. And also in my greatest strength. At the point of my weakness, when Jesus is hungry, he's almost to the point of death. He's been tempted by food that would give him life. But not only is he tempted in the point of his weakness, he's also being tempted to the point of his strength, where he can do something no one else can do and reveal who he really is. And this morning, I would suggest to you, if we're going to overflow with the Spirit, if we're going to be filled with the Spirit, we need to recognize that in the point of my, my hardest day, I will be tempted to walk away. In the point of my greatest day, my greatest achievement, I will be tempted to walk away from the mission and the identity that I'm called to have in Christ. And at this very moment, the very thing that he's, been caught, that he's being questioned, he's being tested on, is to take his weakness and, and to, to, to just give in and eat this bread. Eat this bread. Use your power. Get off track. Forget your mission. Forget your purpose. Identify with something other than what God wants you to identify with. If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, it is written. It is written. It's interesting that Jesus says it is written. You know why it's so interesting? Because he chose something that we all have the ability to use. He used a point of reference. He used something that you and I can get our hands on. He used something you and I are able to learn and to grow in. He could have said, Satan, get away from me. I'm not wasting my time with you. He could have said, Satan, I don't even need to answer you. He could have had any remarks that he wanted, but Jesus chose to say here at this moment as a teaching lesson for you and me, it is written, a point of reference, a point that I can look to, a point that you can look to. 
it is written. There's something solid. There's something uh, stable that I can build my, my, my life on, my identity on. There, it isn't just nebulous. It isn't just kind of flowing with the wind. I can build my life on something that is strong and, and, and is, is secure. This, these words of God that have been recorded for us. It is written. And he's referring to Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, where the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness. In probably a similar location where Jesus is. They're wandering in the wilderness, and God is providing manna from heaven. They don't understand what this manna is. They don't understand what's going on. And God says to them, you do not live by bread alone. You do not live by bread alone. When you were in Egypt and you were making the bricks for the Pharaoh, you were not living by bread alone there. Just as now you wander in the wilderness, you will not live by bread alone. This morning, you will not live by your job alone. Because this bread can come in many forms, right? This is physical life. This is the physical thing that I can be distracted by and putting all my emphasis on. I do not live by bread alone. I do not live that I'm a father. I do not live that I am a husband. I do not live that I am a pastor. I do not live by anything that identifies me alone. Yes, they are part of who I am, but it's not alone. This morning, you do not live by bread alone. I believe the biggest distraction that the, that the world uses that I, that I even deceive myself with is that somehow I can invest in something that is temporary. That's something that's on the, the, the horizontal. That you can invest yourself in it and that somehow you can live an entirety of a life on that. And it will fulfill. And Jesus... Jesus responds to him when he is tempted in his weakness and his strength. He said, it is written, you shall not, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every, sorry, the question there is, have you been living on bread alone? Have you been living on bread alone? This morning, when you think about your life, What motivates you? What influences you? Is it dough? (laughs) Right? What truly influences us? Have I been living my life on bread alone? He invites us into something greater. He invites us beyond that. He says, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. All right, so the bad news is, the bad news is that Mike Bailey is tempted to live by bread alone. And that's hard and that's rough and and we're all in this room together and we all can relate to the fact that yes, for a a lot of my life, I've been so focused on this one thing and it definitely wasn't God and it definitely wasn't my upward relationship to God. I was so focused on this one thing. You know, you might think this is really funny. I think it's pretty funny as I think about my own life. It was devastating to me. It was devastating to me when I realized I wasn't going to play in the NFL. It was life-altering devastation. Now, you're looking at me and like, you should have known that. (laughs) But as a kid, you watch TV, and, and it's this beautiful piece of bread. And man, that bread looks so good. If I could have that in me, if I could put all my focus, if I could put all my attention, if that could be me, wow, that's life, right? 
And I don't know what that is for you. And I'm assuming I'm not the only one who's had this in my life. There's got to be something in your life that you put up as this piece of bread that if only I had this bread, this bread would make me happy forever and ever and ever. And he says, you do not live by bread alone. Mike, even if you get there, it's not what you think. What do you live by? What influences you? What motivates you? He says, you do not live by bread alone, but from every word that precedes from the mouth of God. So what has God said? If I am to live by more than just this physical world and what it offers and the money, the jobs, the different things, the identities that I build into my life, then if I am to live, how do I live by the words of God? How do I live by the words of God? How do you live by the words of God? Well, here are some some helpful places within where it is written for us to live. Psalms 139.13 says, for you are formed, for you For you formed God, my my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that you were woven together by God on purpose? Do you believe? Because that changes a lot. Do you believe that God did not make a mistake when he wove you together? That'll add a different level of life to your life when you realize he did not make a mistake when he wove you together in your mother's womb. Romans 8, 38 through through 39, it says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whatever you're going through, whatever's going on in your life, whether you're at the the toughest point of your life or you're at the greatest point of your life, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God. That is what he has said. Those are his words to us this morning if we choose to believe. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. No mistake, no bad choice, no situation can separate you from the love of God this morning. Do you believe that? Do you believe those words when God states them in his word? That nothing can separate you from his love. That you were not a mistake and what is happening in your life, he is aware of it. 1 Timothy 2, 3 through 4 says, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. He, who, he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. Do you realize this morning that when it says we live by the words of God, God's word says he made you, he will never leave you, and he desires to be with you forever. Those are his words. And he says, guess what? In life, there is going to be bread, and you will live by bread somewhat because you have to survive, but this isn't real life. This isn't full life. This isn't everlasting life. This is just temporary. And my words, when you live them, actually make this more valuable and more powerful. 
Because now you're a follower of me who is a father. You're a follower of me who is a dad. You're a father of me who is a husband. You're a follower of me who who is a pastor. And because you're following me first, all those other things that could be bread, that could be distractions, that could influence you in the wrong way, now I use for good in your life. And when that begins to happen and you begin to realize that I have a loving God, he says he loves me. He says he created me. He says he's with me and nothing will separate that love from me. And he desires to be with him forever. When I live into that truth, it empowers every single day. It gives power and life and meaning. And then when things let you down and your job lets you down and your relationships let you down, whatever it is that lets you down, you're okay because the bread wasn't all there was. There's much more to life than just the things of life. And so I would invite you this morning as we think about this idea, how do we make a difference? How do we live out this truth and make, it, make any impact and short pump and have any impact with the people that are in our lives? I would encourage you to listen to God. Whether you're at your hardest place or you're at your greatest success, You do not live by that bread alone, but you live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. True life is hearing those words and then living by them. Whatever it is you have this morning, I would invite you, I would invite you to say, well, God says that I am valuable. God says that he will never leave me. And God says he's with me to the end. And so whatever the world says, or whatever even thoughts in my mind that come to me say, I will redirect them to the truth of God's word. And I will fill my heart with God's word. And I will remind myself that I am a child of the king. I am one that was created in his image to live that out every single day of my life and that he came and saved me from this sin that had kept me from him so that I could have true life. So here it is. We all need bread. We all need physical bread. We all need the bread of, that comes to life. We just need God more. Right? We all need bread. We all need bread. We just need God's words more. What are you living by? What is influencing your decisions? What's influencing your life? Is it the words of God who he's spoken to you? Or is it something else? This morning as we take the next step, maybe... You just need to take that first step. And in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be in that saved relationship. You will be saved from the tempter, from sin, from all those things that keep us from this upward relationship to God. Maybe that's the step you need to take today. Maybe the next step is listening to God and saying, God, where do you want me to invest my life? How do you want me to invest my life? I want to listen to you. I want to be in tune to what you're saying.
And here at the church, we want to give you opportunities to listen to God and to be obedient to that calling. And so on March 24th, we have something called Gate and Expo where you can find a place to serve, find a place to belong, find a place to get connected in. We have a care ministry here because we believe that people need bread and they need the word of God. And, And we have a care ministry here where we give them both. We have a food pantry where you can bring food and and give that tangible physical need so that we can also share a spiritual need. We have places for you to listen and say, God, help me to live a life invested in you, invested in what you're calling me to and not just what I want to do. We have all kinds of opportunities. On April 13th, we have a foster care and adoption opportunity for you to participate in. There's just so many things. But the truth, the truth this morning is, am I listening to the words of God? Or am I influenced by the bread? Am I influenced by the things of this world that distract me from the mission that God has given me? What I'd like to do is just for a moment is just to close your eyes. Everyone just close, let's close our eyes. You've heard me. You've read God's word. But I think there's an important part of every day that that really we can't measure because I think of its importance. And that's just listening to God. And I know some of us are tired and some of us are hungry and there's a million different distractions that might keep us from this right now, but I would encourage you to focus your heart and focus your mind and focus your soul. And just for a moment, listen to what God is saying to you. Father, thank you. Thank you for life. And Lord, right now, as we think about all the distractions and all the things that can pull us away from you, we pray, Lord, that you would help us. Lord, we need your help. Lord, as a church, as individuals, we need your help. We ask you to give us wisdom, give us discernment. Lord, help us to understand what you have for us. And Lord, I pray that you would would guide us this whole week. That we would be in tune with your calling in our lives. Lord, I pray that... These moments that we have with you, that they would impact not just now, but the rest of our lives. That, Lord, we would begin to walk closer to you. 
Lord, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you, you've said you will never leave us or forsake us and that you will stick to us, Lord, even in the, the, the tough times and in the good times. And so, Lord, we want to we wanna believe what you've said to us and we want to live that out. And so, God, we ask that you would move and that you would expand um, the influence we have based on what the influence you have within us. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We pray that you would be glorified today. 